0: The Ghosts and Folklore Podcast. I'm Mark Reese, and on each episode, I investigate a different, weird, and wonderful subject. And on this episode, we are going to take a ghost tour to explore some haunted mansions along a haunted road. In a particularly haunted county where we are told there are spirits lurking around every corner. From a headless lady to a poltergeist that coughs. And so, to begin at the beginning. And we begin in the county known as the Garden of Wales a county that we are told abounds in tales of ghosts and ghostly happenings we are heading to lovely Carmarthenshire and we are heading to one house in particular which sadly we're not given the name and address of this house presumably to keep the identity of those inside top secret but we do get a description and we are told this house is of great antiquity and historic interest which possesses a spectre of most approved pattern which I think is a great way to describe your resident ghost they have a spectre of most approved pattern and if you're thinking what kind of ghost is it that haunts this property what is this ghost of most approved pattern well more specifically we are told it is home to a good old-fashioned headless Lady, who, according to the reports, may be met while walking along a certain path in the garden by an old yew tree at the uncomfortable hour of one in the morning. So, if you want to avoid this headless lady, just avoid walking around the garden at the uncomfortable hour of one in the morning. But she can also be encountered elsewhere on the property and we are told that she is supposed to account for mysterious footsteps sometimes heard in an upstairs passage and two witnesses who have heard these footfalls declare they are produced by no human agency no human could make footsteps like this and if all that wasn't bad enough she's walking around the garden she's walking around the house a family tradition warns us that dancing should never take place in the drawing room no dancing should ever take place in the drawing room for if it does the ghost will surely appear among the company so if you dance in this room the ghost will appear which for some people might be a nice quick way to summon them if he wanted that ghost to appear but sadly it doesn't specify if the ghost loves or hates dancing because if she manifests and she does hate dancing it could get quite tricky it could get quite nasty on the dance floor but if she loves dancing then watching a headless lady perform a waltz or a polka or or a line dance for all i know whatever dance it is that headless ladies like to dance from whatever era she is from would be quite a sight now, to continue, and our narrator tells us that far more interesting than the vague rumours concerning the Headless Lady, although personally I find the vague rumours concerning the Headless Lady quite fascinating myself, but even more interesting is the story connected with a maple tree growing by the roadside about a mile and a half away from the house of just described and this road again sadly is nameless but it is described as the highway to Camarthen itself so this is the highway to the town of Camarthen. although this account was written some hundred years ago now so I am assuming the road system in Camarthenshire has changed slightly over that time and sadly my knowledge of Carmarthen roads nowadays is pretty good My knowledge from the 20th century isn't so great. So, if anyone listening fancies playing Sherlock Holmes and helping to work out exactly where this house and where this road is, please let me know. But it's the road that led, maybe it still leads into Carmarthen itself. And that is where this maple tree grew. And to quote, once upon a time, like a good fairy tale rather than a ghost story, once upon a time, There was a poor tramp who, walking along this road, sat down to rest at the very place where the tree now stands. He carried a staff of maple wood with him, which he plunged into the ground beside him, and soon, being very tired, he went to sleep." so so far so good this tramp is walking the road that leads in and out of camarthen with a staff of wood. he stops for a quick break a bit of shut eye and this is where things turn dark because we are told to quote once more he never woke again he never woke again for while he slept he was foully murdered his lifeless body was just left there, discarded at the side of the road leading to Camarthen, And with no effort made to hide the crime, he was quickly discovered. And his body was removed from sight, presumably by the authorities who then opened a murder investigation. But if it was the authorities who moved the body, they were a little bit careless or at least not as thorough as the police would be today. Because nobody noticed, or perhaps nobody cared about the maple staff stuck in the ground beside him. It was left there, and over time it took root. In fact, it flourished, and at the time of writing, again, some 100 years ago, it had become one of the trees that people would walk past or drive past by this point. On their way to and from the town. But if they did drive and walk past, they did not dawdle in this spot because local belief declares the spot is haunted. Which, frankly, as anyone with half an interest in ghost stories will know, is hardly surprising because this is where a grisly unsolved murder is claimed to have taken place. And to return to our narrator, who tells us that nothing say the country people, which I'm assuming refers to the good rural folk of early 20th century Carmarthenshire, nothing say the country people is ever seen. So no ghost is seen, but after nightfall, no animal especially horses will willingly pass the tree which of course in centuries gone by would have made traveling far more difficult than it is today when horses were much more commonly used but this tree still marks the scene of an otherwise long forgotten tragedy and presumably still marks the scene today. Now if we continue on our ghost tour of this Carmarthenshire Road and if we keep walking or driving or, or riding our horse even a few miles beyond this maple tree we should come to a house an other house not the house i started this episode with an other house which i am assuming is at the other end of the road to the first one which is also said to possess a ghost story and I've said it before, I'll say it again, but if anyone can work out where exactly in Camarthenshire this is, I would love to know because there are ghosts left, right and centre. There are haunted houses all over this place. You can't walk down the street without bumping into a, a haunted tree or something. And if we could identify it, that would be great. I mean, property prices might drop slightly maybe some homeowners wouldn't appreciate discovering they live in the haunted quarter of Carmarthage but I guess on the other hand if they're ghost people and if they're commercially minded they could start charging people 50 pound a night to walk around my house in the dark but anyway back to this particular ghost story and it's one that the author actually apologizes for in advance which is never a good sign if they apologize beforehand That can only mean one of two things. It's either going to be terrifying. They are apologizing because it is so scary. Or the other reason they might apologize in advance is because it's going to be terrible. They are apologizing because it's a rubbish ghost story. So the tale I am about to tell you is either going to be terrifying or terrible maybe i should start every episode like that welcome to the ghosts and folklore podcast it's either going to be terrifying or terrible but in this case the narrator says to us that i feel i must apologize owing to its very apocryphal character, which is a word I don't use very often on this podcast. And if you're wondering what they mean by apocryphal character, well, a quick internet synonym search suggests that this tale might be fictitious. It might be made up. It might be untrue, fabricated, false, spurious or imaginary. Which, frankly, doesn't do a great job of selling this story to us either. I can assure you, when I do my research for these episodes, I don't go out of my way to go looking for ghost stories that might be described as terrible and made up. But bear with me, because the narrator tells us that there is a good reason why they recorded this tale in the first place, and that is the excuse I am going to use for including it on this podcast, because they say, even if... If it is untrue and perhaps it is not and that is an important part actually here's me making fun of it when there is every chance this could be 100 true and 100 terrifying but even if it is untrue and perhaps it is not it is such an excellent example of the kind of ghost story that sends one to bed with the creepy feeling that all really enjoyable ghost yarns should produce which is a fancy way of saying they included it because it's a great story regardless and a word of warning when you go to bed tonight maybe you're even listening in bed right now you may receive a creepy feeling as a result of this story and it goes like this. Many years ago, a young widow, who was related to the people who lived in this haunted house on this haunted road just outside of Haunted Camarthen went to pay a visit. And she was given a room containing a large four-post bedstead. The dressing table was against the wall opposite the bed. One night, as the widow sat before the mirror, combing her plentiful locks, And murmuring sadly, poor John, poor John, in affectionate remembrance of the departed. And I'm going to interrupt here quickly because we don't know for certain, but it is to be assumed that this poor John was probably this poor widow's dearly departed husband. But of course, he could have been anyone you can make up your own stories about who you think poor john might have been but we assume it was her husband and as she sadly murmured poor john in front of the mirror she suddenly saw reflected in it a horrid sight she saw a horrid sight because behind her in the reflection she could see that the quaint old four poster bed had hanging from the top rail, the body of an old man. There was the body of an old man hanging from the top of her bed, which this time we can assume was not her husband, was not poor John. And to quote, as she lived in early Victorian times, it is safe to conclude that she immediately swooned and probably had hysterics afterwards and i'd like to interrupt again here quickly to point out this account was written by a woman and this is something that i've spoken about many a times on this podcast but certainly in these victorian tales we do get these very stereotyped depictions of women in ghost stories who just automatically swoon and faint and scream at the sight of Anything paranormal, presumably, it is the brave Victorian men with their big moustaches and their pipes and their, and their funny hats who are supposed to be out busting the ghosts. The women are supposed to be at home knitting doilies, or did you knit doilies? I don't know. But there is this stereotype that crops up again and again and again that women are supposed to swoon and faint. And in this particular case, there is no evidence she did any of that. The narrator simply assumes it was the Victorian times, it was a woman, therefore she must have swooned, she must have had hysterics, and as a result, she saw nothing else that night. She had swooned, she had fainted, she saw no more. And as a little footnote to this story, this terrifying, terrible story, as a final little detail, she subsequently learnt that an old miser had once inhabited that room and had been strangled in that very bed one night for the sake of his money which again as anyone who has heard a handful of ghost stories will know the implication here is that this was the body of the miser hanging from her bed and as a result she discovered the hard way not to go spend in the night in a haunted house with relatives in the haunted quarter of Carmarthenshire. Now, moving on to our next Carmarthenshire ghost, our final Carmarthenshire ghost. And this ghost story concerns a ghost who took their bodily ills into the afterlife with them and... If you choose to believe the story, it seems to confirm that just because you've got a problem, an ailment with your body in this life, it doesn't necessarily mean that it will disappear when you shuffle off this mortal coil. So, for example, if you've got a limp, then your ghost might spend eternity limping about. Or if you're a bit hard of hearing, if you're a bit hard of hearing, then your ghost might be a bit hard of hearing in the afterlife too but this tale concerns a ghost who by all accounts was a well-known ghost in Carmarthenshire that haunted a house. Again, sadly, we don't know exactly where this is, but we do know it has been rebuilt since these events. And tantalisingly, we are told that, owing to the official position of its tenant, a great many people used formerly to be entertained there. So, whoever this person was, whoever owned this house they had some kind of official position could it be the mayor maybe the head of police and they also had a lot of visitors and one day one of these guests asked his host which of the servants had a bad cough which of the servants had a bad cough and he said that since he arrived he had constantly heard someone coughing Terribly in the passages and on the staircase, but he could never see the person. Although sometimes the sound seemed quite near him. It was like somebody coughing over his shoulder, coughing into his ear. And the host listened gravely and then remarked that he was sorry his friend had been disturbed by the cough, which was no earthly sound. It was no earthly sound but was caused by the ghost and had been heard by other people at different times so this ghost it would appear or it would sound like rather had a cough in the afterlife and this coughing ghost as they were known had an other idiosyncrasy because At the same house, a certain bedroom and dressing room, communicating by a door, were once occupied for a couple of days during a visit by a friend of the author who recorded this account and their husband. And they claimed that this door between the rooms, between the bedroom and the dressing room, was carefully shut and latched the last thing at night. In the morning, greatly to their friend's surprise, the door was thrown wide open, although she felt absolutely certain, and so did her husband, that it was firmly shut the night before. It was only a slight incident. In the grand scheme of things, this isn't the biggest haunting ever. We're not talking amateurville phenomena here. We're talking about a door that's been opened. But... The strangeness of it rather dwelt in Mrs L's mind until one day after her return home when she happened to mention it to a neighbour who remarked, You must have had the haunted room. It has always been known that the dressing room door can never be kept shut. No matter how tightly closed the night before, it is always found open in the morning so this supposedly haunted house it would appear had a coughing ghost it had a ghost that opened doors were they one and the same was it one ghost although you'd think if they were coughing while opening doors you might wake up and notice them but were they one and the same were there two ghosts were there more than two ghosts Well, maybe if we ever work out where exactly in Carmarthenshire this took place, we could go and investigate. And I am hoping that after listening to this, that all of the Carmarthenshire Sherlock Holmes out there will be on the case trying to track down these long-lost, hidden, mysterious, haunted properties. And on that note... We've reached the end of the last ghost story on this episode. In fact, we've reached the end of another episode of the Ghosts and Folklore podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode and you haven't already, please consider hitting the subscribe button and you will never miss an episode ever. And if you really enjoyed it, you can support the podcast by treating me to a coffee via my website, or you could just leave a nice review or rating. If you'd like more Ghosts and Folklore, you can follow me on social media. I'm on all of the main platforms. And as well as this podcast, I've also written a number of books on similar, weird and wonderful subjects, which are available from all good bookshops, offline and on. And on that note... It just leaves me to say thank you very much for listening. Diorch and Varian and rando. I've been Mark Rees. This has been my Ghosts and Folklore podcast beaming to you from Wales to the world. And remember, whatever subject I talk about on this podcast, you can be guaranteed of one thing. It's going to be terrifying or terrible. Until next time. Nostar.